good morning. Good morning, and good morning to everyone in the Zoom room and Facebook and wherever you are when you're watching this. And good morning, God. Standing here this morning, I stand in deep gratitude for the day, the beauty of the day, the spirit of the day, for the love and the peace and the joy that I feel in this room. And I know that each person who is here will receive exactly that one little tidbit that will ticket the, ticket, tickle their hearts and souls and get them to thinking. And so I open my heart and I open my soul and I open my mind as I listen for Reverend Diana talking about life as living art. with deep gratitude for all of the blessings and for each one here, I say thank you, Father, Mother, God, and so it is. Amen. Good morning. Welcome this Memorial Day weekend. So glad you're here with us. We'd like to honor all of those who have served on behalf of our country knowing that the intention behind that was to secure a peaceful and beautiful way of life for us here and so we just pay homage and honor each one that has served and so i welcome you here this morning to mystic heart um, if you're with us and you're new here today either in person or online my name is reverend diana johnson and I'm the pastor and spiritual director at Mystic Heart. We are an independent interfaith community, and we teach universal principles and practical spirituality. I welcome you home to our spiritual community, should you choose it for yourself. And I welcome you home to your own Mystic Heart, to the, the wisdom and the guidance that dwells there for you. So this morning we center our reflections and contemplations on turning our life into a living work of art. We begin our meditative journey this morning by joining our voices to deepen our spiritual connection with one another and with the divine. Oh, to God. 
take this time together today to drop down just a little bit deeper into the inner chamber, into the stillness that dwells within us, taking the time to breathe. And to notice the breath. give thanks for the breath. And to give thanks for the life that that breath brings to us. Feeling the presence of new life moving in and through our bodies, carried in on every in-breath. And then sending that life out into the world on the out-breath. Creating an atmosphere of love. Of peace. And wholeness. Wholeness within. And wholeness without. taking another moment to just follow the breath as it settles into its own pace and its own flow. And now allowing your awareness to move away from the breath, grounding even more deeply into the silence within you. right here and right now, the only moment that is. Feeling your oneness with the creative intelligence of the universe, 
and acknowledging your oneness with the global community. Together we sense a web of consciousness that surrounds and infuses the planet, each one of us a point of radiant light in that web. Every human being, every creature, every plant, without exception, part of the web of life. And radiating with spirit's light. Every rock and every grain of sand, every drop of water is infused with presence, with sentience. And then moving our awareness still further out into the cosmos. Recognizing the wind and the clouds, the stars and the planets, as part of one light, one life. Acknowledging our connection with all of life. Our collective work here is empowered. Our collective prayer and meditation leave an imprint of peace, an imprint of love, an imprint of grace on the world, on the entire cosmos. a permanent imprint that lasts for all time. By our coming together, sharing in prayer and meditation, and by visioning together, we're learning to see every life as a living work of art. Each one of us engaged in the creative process in every moment. It is easy to imagine that there will be a point in time, sometime in the future, when our life will finally be the way we want it. A time when we will have mastered the art of living, when our life will more closely resemble a living work of art. Not now. We're not quite there yet. But then. What we have forgotten is that there is no such time here on earth. In this physical body, when our creative process will be complete. In fact, there is no time here on earth but now.
All past and future is somehow present in the now. Only what is now actually is. What was or will be is not. Can we learn to see every moment as a point of creation? Can we somehow remember that our lives are living works of art? By our very nature, we are creative beings made in the image and likeness of the Creator. As spirit expresses in the macrocosm, so do we express in the microcosm, in our own lives, and in the world. We sometimes forget that artistic creation is a messy process. I would bet that there has never been a great painting without a lot of paint spilled, brushes and clothing soiled. That there has never been a great novel without many, many crumbled pieces of paper. That there has never been a musical masterpiece created without a great number of scribbles and rewrites. And that there has never been a beautiful garden without the handling of a lot of dirt. And each of these artists has had life experiences, some beautiful and some less than, that make them who they are, that have informed their desire to create and affected the outward expression of their creation. Life is messy business. And the making of your life into a living work of art, into a thing of great beauty and inspiration, requires time, attention, intention, dedication, openness, acceptance, reflection, patience. perseverance, 
and flexibility. Where to begin? Right where you are. There is nowhere else. From right where you are in this moment, what would be required to live a more artful life? What might you have to let go of? What might you have to accept or even welcome? How might your time and energy be redirected in pursuit of a more beautiful and inspiring expression? We tend to think of a work of art as a finished product, a completed painting, a published book, a finished composition, the Mona Lisa, Toccata and Fugue in D minor, a Midsummer Night's Dream. None of these have changed in hundreds of years. They are completed works. But what about a, a work in progress? Might something be a work of art even while the artist is still working on it? The opening arpeggios of the Moonlight Sonata showed Beethoven's genius long before he composed the final measures. And there might be, and might there be some art forms that never ever reach the stage that we call completion. 
jazz, and improvisational theater require the artist to create in the moment, to rely on intuition, to provide what is most beneficial right now. And while the song or play may be performed again under the same name, the actual performance is never the same twice. They change with each and every rendition. Mother Nature is a consummate artist. Her forest cathedrals, majestic mountains, sunrises and sunsets are truly works of art. Something within us responds to her beauty with awe and reverence. And yet, she is never done. Her canvas is forever changing. As her children, we create the same way she does. Our deep-seated beliefs and feelings are mirrored by our world. And, like her, we are never finished. We may reach a plateau and rest a while, acknowledging an accomplishment with satisfaction. But soon, we turn our gaze to the path ahead, to our next opus. In these moments of shared silence, let us contemplate our current work of art, what we've done well, where we are, and what is seeking to be birthed through us right now.
as we return our awareness to this time and place, we embrace our life as a continuous work of art. We give thanks for the divine creative power that flows through us and creates as us. And we align ourselves with the beauty and power of spirit, knowing that they flow into our creations. Thank you, God, for everything and everyone. Centered in love, peace, beauty, and joy, we apply our holy creativity to make our world a kinder, more compassionate place. We recognize the place where we stand as hallowed ground and our siblings as saints. The realm of heaven is indeed at hand. As Reverend Diana continues her message this morning, we open our hearts and our minds to even greater inspiration and we allow ourselves to be guided into the next phase of our own living work of art. Recalling a question from last week, what is it that brings me alive? This is a good place to start when beginning a life of conscious creation. How can I arrange my life to make more time for what brings me alive? Another guiding question might be, what is my deepest longing? Or, what am I specially gifted for? What opportunity does life actually offer me here? Here and now, to fulfill my longing and to use my gifts. In her book, The Breath of the Soul, Sister Joan Chittister emphasizes the importance of prayer and meditation as tools in living an artful life, but warns that these are not enough. Quote, Only when the life I live mirrors the prayers I say is there any real integrity to the life I am living. If we thank God for the good that comes to us, 
but do nothing to bring that same good to others? What is the use of the prayer? If we believe that a spiritual life is the rudder by which we steer our way through life, but show no signs of the relationship between what I pray and what I do, what is the use of it all? I am not here to preen on being spiritual. I am here to develop the spiritual life that makes me a spiritual presence in the life of the world. Anything else, even prayer, is self-gratification, not spiritual growth. End of We are here to co-create an experience that we call human life. To give spirit the opportunity to express itself, its soul, as our individual soul. We bring into this world a life that has never existed before. It's absolutely unique in every respect. It offers us gifts as well as challenges. But more importantly, it offers us the opportunity to reflect, to choose, to learn, and then to choose again. When we use these capacities consciously and wisely, our life becomes a living work of art not without the messiness, but rather an inspiration to others and a guiding light in the world because of our willingness to integrate that messiness into a thing of great beauty. to musical meditation.
So right here in this moment of now, I choose to create a living work of art. I know that there is really only one thing going on here, and that is God expressing and experiencing themselves as all of creation. As a perfect, intentional, and irreplaceable strand in the all that is, I set about the heartfelt practice of bringing my gifts forward, of letting my light shine as the highest possible version of who I came here to be, in service to my soul's journey, and in service to the whole. In every moment of now, I do what is required of me by the presence within. I become flexible in my thinking, graceful in my actions, gentle and kind in my words. Day by day, I am more attuned to my inner guidance, and I more willingly follow. I live my life with humility and from the spiritual authority granted me at birth. I am so grateful for this life, 
for each one that has chosen to share this time with me and for the endless shower of blessings that grace my life in every moment. I trust that spirit is forever within and all around me. That this is so for each one listening. And that the blessings continue to flow as we move through each moment of now. And so I release my word in full faith in its power, knowing that it is creating, even now, a new experience in our world. A new story in which the entire human family and the world that it inhabits and serves is a living work of art. I accept it. I feel it. I know it. I let it be. And so it is. Amen. Satu. Ashe. Aho. Mm. So we're coming back into the space. Look around. See who's here today with you celebrating. Communing. These are some of the people who care about you and are here for you. Anytime you need anything, don't ever hesitate to reach out. So as we move into our offertory today, I'd like to, um, Chris, could you bring that to me, please? I'd like to, this just came sitting here. That's, yeah, this happens sometimes. So I, um, I want to share this with you, and I'm sure you've heard it before, but it has something to do for me with the video we're going to watch during our offertory today. It's another Farmer's Footprint video. But I just wanted to remind you of a poem that is printed at the base of, a, on a plaque, on our Statue of Liberty. It says, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. So this has been our invitation as a nation since the putting up of that beautiful statue. This has been the invitation of this nation since our inception. This is how we were formed is by people coming from everywhere else to be here and let's not forget in coming here displacing many 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 people who already lived here so this has been our journey as a people so with that <laughs> um, we'd like to offer you the opportunity today to share of your financial good in support of the work that we're doing in the community. 
And uh, if you're with us online, you can go to mysticheart.org, find the donate button uh, or our ma mailing address to make a contribution. And in advance, whether you're online or here in person, I just want to extend our gratitude for all of the gifts that are offered to this community. They allow us to grow and to thrive and to give back in the community, which is our primary function, is to support one another and to support our community, build community. So enjoy Molly Engelhart uh, from Farmer's Footprint. Her video is called Cheap Food Equals Abusive Food. If you sit there and you eat food and you say it doesn't matter, organic is a bougie thing, organic is a privileged thing, I want you to think about the migrant worker that is picking your food, that is touching those herbicides, pesticides, fungicides, and get ingesting all of that before it gets washed and sterilized and sent to you. Cheap, convenient food is abusive food. Cheap, convenient food is abusive food. Not just to you and your family and your gut, but to everybody that's in that supply chain, except for whoever the top of the pyramid is. The question is, do we need the labor? And the answer is yes. So once we can get over that, then we can come up with a solution. But we have to protect the people that grow our food, that prepare our food, that harvest our food, that clean our food, that slaughter our food. We have to protect those people don't have anybody in my community that's like, you know what I really want to go do? Work at a slaughterhouse. You know what I really want to go do? Pick strawberries in the hot ass sun all day. And we can talk all day about white privilege, but there's also American privilege. And Americans do not want to slave away in the hot sun all day long. So as long as we're pretending that we don't need the labor, we're going to be losing. And we need to start from a place of honesty. Americans don't want to do these jobs and we have to invite the people that do want to do these jobs and treat them with dignity and love because they are the lifeline of the food that we are eating. Regenerative or not regenerative, the people growing our food need to be treated well. And if it's not regenerative, we have to realize who is getting poisoned directly. Who is spraying this poison? Who is breathing this poison? Who is touching this poison? And so I want to tell every mother out there, every white mother, black mother, Latino mother, that puts so much love into her table from the grocery store till she cleans the dishes afterwards, please put that much love into the time from the seed until the grocery store. We need the same amount of love. I know you love your family and I know how much love you put into your food and the food on your table, but that love needs to be extended from the seed to the grocery store. We need to take care of the people that are feeding us. <laughs> so I just say thank you. Deep gratitude we receive these gifts, these blessings. They support our community. I know that they flow from the one source through your hands into this community and our intention and our work is to grow those gifts and to share them back out. And so it is. Right. Just, amen. I know that we are um, at our time, but I want to briefly acknowledge, is there anyone in this space that has a birthday this month, the month of May? 
So happy birthday to you. We typically wait till the second gather, half of the gathering to sing, but is anyone having a birthday leaving right now? Okay. You're going to get a song. And there's a cake next door in honor of the birthdays today. Um, also, two quick mentions coming up since some of you might not be here for the invitations at the end of the next. Um, on June 10th, Ellie is offering Praying in Color, Faith Fun and Flower Pots, doing collage, decoupage, um, flower pots. And on the 28th, which is a Wednesday night, we have a new... A monthly event starting. It's called Common Threads of Truth. We'll be inviting a different faith leader from a different faith path and community in to do a two-hour presentation, question and answer, focused in on the qualities of spirit and the things that traditions share in common. So be watching our June updates and website and all of that. It'll be from 6 to 8 on the fourth Wednesday of every month for a while. We are beginning with uh, Reverend Helen Cummings from the Buddhist Priory. She's agreed to, to be our first presenter. So with that, let's do our closing song. And feel free to stay for a conversation if you'd like. It's going to kind of piggyback onto what we just did. And it'll be a little different than normal. May your soul always find what it's looking for. May your heart always lead the way. May you live in peace and harmony. And may love always fill your day. May your path be strewn with happiness. May success find you everywhere. May you always embrace compassion and grace. And may God always answer your prayer. May you always embrace compassion and grace. And may God always answer your prayer. Thank you for joining us this Memorial Day weekend. God bless you. And I hope we see most of you back in about 11 minutes with some coffee for a conscious conversation. Good morning to everyone here and to everyone who's in the, uh, the Zoom room on Facebook and wherever you happen to be when you're listening to this. Please let my words speak for you. As I say, good morning, Spirit. Thank you to each and every one of us, the person here in the room. And thank you to Spirit for flowing through each of us as us. With joy and happiness, I bring myself into this one perfect moment, letting go of anything that has come before and anything that I know is coming after. 
As I open my heart, I open my mind, I open my soul to listen as Reverend Diana talks about life as a living art. With joy and love, I know that each person gets just that little tiny bit they need for the week, as I do. And I know that the day flows smoothly and gracefully with ease for each and every person. Speaking my words into law, I just let it go. With deep gratitude, I say thank you, Father, Mother, God. And so it is. Amen. All right. Don't hesitate to get up on your feet. Move around a little bit. Wake up your body as we get going with Mystic Heart. Welcome to the Mystic Heart. Join the celebration. Lift your voice and sing your part. Make this affirmation. Spirit made us family with loving hearts to share. Together we are joyfully practicing the possible through prayer. And everything's possible So welcome to the Mystic Heart. Hey, I dare you to stay in your chair. I dare you. Double dog dare you. Everybody get up on your feet. See the light in everybody you meet. Everybody get up on your feet. See the light in everybody you meet. Let us be reminded of who we've come to be. We are love, we are one. One big family. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. Did you catch that? It's yeah, there? All right, here we go. We have one more. We did this at the <laughs> retreat. You're, you're always welcome. Like, always welcome to stay sitting if that's how you're comfortable. You don't have to get up just because a song says get up. But I want you to feel free to get up and move anytime. I am opening up in sweet surrender to the luminous love light of the one. I am opening up in sweet surrender to the luminous love light of the one. I am opening, I am opening, I am opening, I am opening, I am opening up in sweet surrender to the luminous love light of the one. 
I am opening up in sweet surrender to the luminous love light of the one. I am opening. I am opening. I am opening. I am opening. I am opening up in sweet surrender to the luminous love light of the one. I am opening up in sweet surrender to the luminous love light of the one. I am opening. I am opening. I am opening. I am opening. I am opening up in sweet surrender to the luminous love light of the one. I am opening up in sweet surrender to the luminous love light of the one. I am opening. I am opening. I am opening. I am opening. I am opening up in sweet surrender to the luminous love light of the one. I am opening up in sweet surrender to the luminous love light of the one. I am opening. I am opening. I am opening. I am opening. We are. We are opening up in sweet surrender to the luminous love light of the one. We are opening up in sweet surrender to the luminous love light of the one. We are opening, we are opening, we are opening, we are opening. One more time. We are opening up in sweet surrender to the luminous love light of the one. We are opening up in sweet surrender to the luminous love light of the one. We are opening, we are opening, we are we are opening, 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 we are opening up in sweet surrender to the luminous love Open for business. So. <laughs> Good morning and welcome. Or welcome back if you were here for the first run. If you're new with us here this morning, my name is Reverend Diana Johnson and I'm the pastor and spiritual director for Mystic Heart Spiritual Center. We are a, an independent interfaith community and we teach universal principles and practical spirituality. We welcome you to our spiritual community as your spiritual home, should you choose it for yourself. And we welcome you home to the guidance and wisdom of your own mystic heart, because that's where all of your answers are. So feel free to, in whatever way serves you in noticing the presence of spirit in your body, re re move things around a little bit, feeling the presence moving through your body I don't know, I'm feeling it right now from that song. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And we begin our conscious conversation every week with the sacred practice of envisioning a love-soaked world where all humans are embodying and living from peace, from joy and abundance and generosity and justice and freedom as the living principles that guide our lives. In our world, every human being acts from love and compassion, honoring and caring for one another and for our sacred mother, the planet that sustains us. For creating a world where all needs are met, where all beings have plenty of nourishing food, the safety and comfort of home, where mental and physical health education, healthy relationships are ensured by social systems grounded in wellness and wholeness. Yes. Where right livelihood and creative contribution and a sense of belonging are accepted as gifts of the spirit and are enjoyed by all. We're creating a world in which all beings are valued and respected for their inherent goodness and light where the peace we cultivate within us shows up as a world free of hatred and violence. We're creating a world that knows no greed, where there's absolute abundance and simply having enough. Where every being deserves and receives all that is required to live a rich, full, and contented life. By the power of our collective intention, we write a new story. We create a world that works for all beings. We do not lower our vision, no matter the appearances in the world, knowing with our whole hearts that such a world is not only possible, but it is inevitable. Amen. As one by one, each of us aligns our actions to support our vision. It's coming into form and experience right here and right now. And we trust that this prayer is a creative act in its graceful unfolding. We open our hearts, our doors, our arms in radical welcome, erasing all lines of apparent separation. In keeping with our vision, we create an open and loving community to which all are invited, and in which all have an equal voice. Trusting in the power of prayer, we say thank you, Spirit. We let it go, and we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Satu. Ashe Aho. Let's take a minute to look around, see who's here celebrating with us this morning. Take a moment to wave, to really look at somebody, really see somebody. If, and if you were here with us in Teze this morning, you know that we've been looking at making our life into a living work of art, our topic for today. Doesn't that sound good? 
I don't know. It does to me, of course. I wrote about it. <laughs> Why would I write about it if it didn't sound good? Are you interested in having a conversation about that this morning? Yes. Yes? yes? Okay. For those who weren't here, we reflected on this idea that by our nature we are creative beings, that we're made in the image and likeness of our Creator, and we acknowledge that creating art is a messy process. We spent time in contemplation of some questions. Some of the questions were these. I'm not going to give the same pause this time around, but it will be online later if you're interested. What would living a more artful life require of you? Require. That's a word we sometimes don't like, but, Focus. you know. Focus. Focus, okay. Intention. Intention. Listening spirit. Okay. Listening spirit. Openness. Openness. Be more Attention. Be more silent. Yeah. Action. Action. Creativity. Creativity. Freedom. Freedom. Allowance. Allowance. Ooh. Yeah. Lack of judgment. Lack of judgment. So let's tack on to that another piece to the question. What are some things you might have to let go of? Judgment. Judgment. <laughs> Fear. Perfect. Fear. Pride. Okay. Pride. Pride. Oh, yeah. Ego. Ego. Being right. Being right. <laughs> What kinds of things might you have to then accept or even welcome? Change. Flaws. Ch change. And change. Flaws. Flaws. Messiness. Messiness. <laughs> Love. Love. Humility. Humility. Mm -hmm. Uncomfortable yeah. emotions. Uncomfortable <laughs> emotions. We don't like to be uncomfortable. Do we? No. <laughs> no. Speaking for myself. Yeah. So we, we spent some time just in silent contemplation of these things for ourselves this morning. We closed with a quote from Sister Joan Chittister um, that leads directly into my topic of conversation for today. So I'm going to restate that quotation. She said this, only the life I live, only when the life I live mirrors the prayers I say, mm -hmm. is there any real integrity in the life I am living? Yeah. She's a little pokey sometimes. <laughs> That's why I like to read her. She pokes at me. If we thank God for the good that comes to us, but do nothing to bring that same good to others, what is the use of the prayer? If we believe that a spiritual life is the rudder by which we steer our way through life, but show no signs of the relationship between what I pray and what I do, what is the use of it all? I am not here to preen on being spiritual. <laughs> That's awesome. See, during the meditation I couldn't stop and chuckle. <laughs> I am not here to preen on being spiritual. 
I'm here to develop the spiritual life that makes me a spiritual presence in the life of the world. Anything else, even prayer, is self-gratification, not spiritual growth. Mm. Boom. 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 I love those. I love those. Why don't you repeat that line, that, that section again? Absolutely. I am here to develop the spiritual life that makes me a spiritual presence in the life of the world. Anything else, even prayer, is self-gratification, not spiritual growth. Thank you. You're welcome. Pokey. She's pokey. So this topic can feel a little bit pokey. I'm, I like that. that. That's what gives me life, getting up here and feeling poked first at home as I'm preparing, <laughs> and then sharing it with you. And then pokey nuts. <laughs> <laughs> We can get a little bit defensive. I can get a little bit defensive when I hear words like this. Again, this is not the part where Sister Joan comforts the afflicted. It's the part where she afflicts the comfortable, okay? And she does it often, as do I, I suppose. <laughs> it's where she afflicts the comfortable, and it's really easy to get comfortable, isn't it? Easy to get comfortable with what's going on, with where we are, with how things are. So I'm going to ask this question first. What are some of the reasons we have for not reaching out in service to the world? Fear. Fear, okay. Comfort zone. Comfort zone. Yeah. Justification of lack of time. Justification of lack of time. Cynicism. Cynicism. Lack of reciprocation. Lack of reciprocation. I have nothing to give. I have nothing to give. Mm. Selfishness. Selfishness. It's God's job. It's God's job. But who, who and what are we? No, that's another service. We're not even going to go there. We feel like there's so much that needs to be done that we can't do it all, so okay. we just get intimidated. All right. So much needs to be done. I can't do it all. It intimidates me, so it's like, I do nothing. It's like sometimes when my room gets messy, it's like I don't even know where to start. Right. I don't know where to start. It's such a mess. Yeah. Let's see. Do I have anything else down here? Oh, I'm not sure what's mine to do. Mm -hmm. What's mine to do? That one's actually legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just an excuse. That's, that's yeah. legit. That's a question. That's right. It's a question, but it isn't a reason to stop questioning yeah. until we get an answer. Because we will get an answer if we keep questioning. I don't have the time. We had that one. I don't have the money. I don't have the energy. I don't have it together enough. Let's get real here, okay? I'm not even good at self-care yet. I don't have it to give. That's legit, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It is, to a point. It is, until it becomes an excuse for not outgrowing not it. Right? right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, 
<laughs> I wrote here, okay, prepare to be poked. <laughs> I'm warning you. Okay. <laughs> Might these actually be excuses we use to avoid looking at or taking responsibility for the conditions in our world? Mm -hmm. Do we sometimes use those as excuses? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of course. Of course we do. It's become really popular and accepted to put self-care first as a reason for not going out beyond ourself. And or not having it together enough, okay? These are things I hear all the time from people and say all the time. And not having enough time is another one. Those are probably the top three that I hear from people. You know, I don't even take time to care for myself yet, which might be a good reason. I'm not saying these are not um, potentially actual reasons that we need to stop and look at ourselves first. We always need to start there. But Will I ever have it completely together? No. no. I, I don't know. What does completely together look like? <laughs> We've never seen it. We've never seen it. I mean, a living work of art means it's moving. It's, it's not static. So Maybe temporarily every once in a while. <laughs> right. So we, we hit a level point. We feel pretty good. And then it occurs to us that maybe there's some other growth we can do, you know? Won't I always be able to give myself just a little more self-care instead of something else? Sure, if I choose to. Will I ever have more time than I have right now? Maybe, ideally, <laughs> if I figure this thing out, yeah. Isn't it really more about moderation and balance rather than arriving there? So it seems to me it's more about moderation and balance and motivation. So that's what's behind my actions. Go ahead. Can I find self-care in the service? Can I find self-care in the service? So if we're doing what we refer to as sacred service, doesn't that bring an element of self-care with it? How does that work? We're all one. Okay, we're all one. It's like the biggest blessing when you are blessing someone is the feeling that you get back when you're able okay. to do that. So when you're blessing another, the feeling you get back, the fulfillment you get back. It's a blessing to you. It's a blessing. Okay, so, so there is that. Story, um, I had a pretty devastating thing happen in my life. I decided that I could either continue to dwell on that and to mm -hmm. kind of mope about that, or I could choose to reach outside myself and to serve others. Mm -hmm. So I chose that. And mm -hmm. That was a big part of bringing me out of that um, feeling of you know, depression. Right. Um, Helping others can heal you. Yeah. yeah very healing process to help another human being or another animal or another creature plants I mean to serve in the world I'm not saying that we shouldn't put our first ourselves first to some degree I'm still learning the importance of self-care and what that looks like for me and it's different for each of us 
everybody needs different amounts of sleep and different amounts of food and, and different amounts of stillness and quiet and action and extra, all that stuff. Of course that needs to come first because no one else is going to take care of meeting my needs. That's my job, right? But there can be, it seems to me, a fine line between self-care and self-expression, lumping lumped together, and narcissism. The N word. I don't like that word. But there is a line somewhere in there. We have to decide for ourselves sort of where self-care ends. And it's definitely true that if we don't have our personal stuff together, we might do more harm than good in trying to help another person. I mean, that can, that can happen. I've seen it even in counseling, in ministering, in service of all kinds. But again, there isn't a point in time where I have it all together. And so I just have to know for myself, do I have it together enough that I'm not going to be dangerous <laughs> to somebody, right? Okay, I don't want to be dangerous to somebody. Is that that messy part of the... <laughs> That's the messy part, right, yeah. So I'd like to share an audio clip. You have um, notepads and pens actually out today because this is a six and a half minute audio clip. So I want to invite you that if things come up, because we're going to finish our conversation afterwards by you guys offering the questions, the comments, the feedback, anything that's come up for you. Okay. We get to poke back. You get to poke back <laughs> or share your thoughts or whatever. So <clears throat> this is from Tammy Simon's Insights at the Edge. If you guys don't listen to that podcast, it's really a phenomenal podcast. But she's interviewing Rain Wilson. You guys know who Rain Wilson is? Oh. He was on a real popular the comedy office. show, I guess. The Office. The Office, yeah. I haven't had television in 30 years, so I, now I want to check it out, though. He was the one of the obnoxious ones. Uh-huh. They're all obnoxious. They're all obnoxious. And he's just written a new book called Soul Boom. And it, I'm reading it right now, and it's, it's phenomenal. So feel free to grab your notepads and... We'll have a discussion afterwards. Take note of anything that pokes you, <laughs> anything that's a question that you have, um, just anything that comes up for you in response to what he says. So here we go with Rain Wilson. You forgot to say buckle your seatbelts. Oh, buckle your seatbelts. <laughs> He's in line with uh, Sister Joan. So, okay, there's a lot of different ways of asking you, what do you see as the evolution of religion in our time? Oh, you're the best. Um, I really, I love you. How's that? I love you and I love what you do. And I love that. I feel that, man. I feel that. Yeah. Um, so probing and honest. Listen, I want to first, I want to give a shout out to the people that have a problem with organized religion. I get it. Organized religions have been uh, the cause of some of the greatest injustice in human history. Not to mention all the judgment, the whole idea of hell, like non-believers non are going to burn in, in hell for eternity and sinners. 
and all the judgment of people that are different, um, whether it's, you know, gender or sexual orientation or all kinds of differences that uh, religions can ostracize people. Um, and, and I get that and I, and I honor people who bump up against all that and that it's crucial to do. That being said, I think that one of the problems with kind of what I would call new age, and I wouldn't say that what you do is new age, um, but is that this smorgasbord spirituality of like, oh, I like this incense and I like this yoga class and I like this Eckhart Tolle book and I like this um, crystal and I like this essential oil and this makes me feel spiritual it connects me and um it brings um uh it brings me peace and serenity the problem with that is that it is limited and can frequently lead to narcissism there is nothing wrong with loving a crystal and incense and Eckhart Tolle. I love Eckhart Tolle. I love yoga. I love incense. I love crystals. I like all of it, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But if you stop there, you're being selfish. If you stop there, you're being narcissistic and you're being a consumer because a consumer wants to quell their anxiety. So we get our Room, roomy quote from Instagram and we do our meditation app and then, oh, I feel better and I'm done, right? So that's a, that's a selfish kind of Western attitude. Thich Nhat Hanh is the leader in this. Thich Nhat Hanh is, the, is our guide who absolutely, it's about being in the moment, absolutely having your meditation practice and your devotion. And you do that so that you can serve others. You do that so that you can build community. You do that so you can go out in the world and bring that peace and harmony you've found inside and share it with others. If you're simply using spirituality to calm yourself, then you're using spirituality the same as you'd use a Xanax. So that's, that's what I have a struggle with. So that's part one. Part two is... Um, religion, we have lost something by losing religion. First of all, we, again, we can look at hard data. People who are members of religious faiths are happier. They just are. They're more well-balanced. They have greater resilience. They live longer. Um, their marriages last longer. The list goes on and on. Now, we shouldn't just be dismissive that, you know, they're dumb, born-again idiots um, meandering about, but there's something to be learned from that. What does religion give you? What does um, gathering together with a group of people who have a shared belief system and a shared sense of focus and purpose, what does it give you? Transcendence? It gives a commonality, uh, a shared love, the idea that there is something more than this physical realm and we're all in this together. Uh, we can gather together, we sing together, we create art together, we serve together. We're rolling up our sleeves and doing work uh, on the ground to try and make a, the world a better place. Now, I understand that's not all religion. A lot of some religion is just a fire and brimstone 
you know, preacher and you go to church for two hours on a Sunday and you say, I believe, and that's the extent of it. That's not what I'm talking about, but that's not true religion. Um, remember, the origin of the word religion is religio, which is the Latin to bind together. It should bind people together. Abdul Baha, the son of the founder of the Baha'i faith, said that if, if religion be a cause of disunity, it were better that there were no religion. That's pretty profound for a founder of a faith to say, hey, if religion causes disunity, then get rid of it. We shouldn't have, we shouldn't have religion. Um, here's one last point I'll make around this. And I've, obviously it's a, it's a topic that I'm very passionate about. The forces of darkness, however we term them, are incredibly systematized. And if we think that we're going to fight the forces of darkness um, by just kind of having our own kind of private little spiritual practice that quells our anxiety and stops there, and we don't organize and systematize ourselves, then we're, we're sadly mistaken. I don't think this systematization can happen through a political party. Uh, I don't believe that partisanship, I think partisanship is actually a great evil. Um, but there, um, I don't have any specific religion to recommend. That's why I kind of make up my own religion in the book, Soul Boom. Um, but I do think we've lost something by jettisoning organized religion. And I think people more and more are feeling that calling from their heart uh, to come together. If you want to hear more, the podcast is almost an hour long. It's really worth a listen. But that segment is what I really wanted to zero in on today to allow you now an opportunity to create the conversation with one another by your responses, your questions, whatever came up for you in listening that you'd like to share. Is this going to be a future class? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Bob knows me. I don't know that yet. I haven't finished the book. Could be. Could be a book club, good book study, whatever. What was the name of the book in the podcast again? Soul Boom is the book by Rain Wilson. Podcast is Tammy Simon's Insights at the Edge. And if you go into her selection of podcasts, just look up Rain Wilson. Okay. She's got phenomenal people that she interviews all the time. Not all on spirituality either. Some of it's health and wellness. Some of it's... It's just all body, mind, spirit related stuff. Nothing came up? Lucinda? Well, I have to say that part of that, I actually been there. Mm -hmm. You know, the crystals and the incense and the mm -hmm. uh, religion. <laughs> Very anti. My line used to be, I'm not religious, but I am spiritual. Mm -hmm. And then when I started attending a, a, a regular church, it was like, okay, this feels right to me, but it's not me. Mm -hmm. And so I can, I can 
Actually, I resemble that. Uh, <laughs> I resemble that remark. what he was saying, and um, thank God for progress, and maybe you should sit down for this, but thank God for change. Oh, <laughs> you don't know Lucinda. That's big. <laughs> That's a big one for her. Yeah. Yeah. Thought that it was apparent that he was talking about what we're doing here, that right. we felt this impulse, and that I do see that happening in the greater world, mm -hmm. that people are realizing that we do need to join forces and unite, and we have more power together. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. Thank you. I saw mm -hmm. us in that. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. So did I. That's why I wanted to bring it here. <laughs> I appreciated what he said about religion, mm -hmm. um, because his thoughts echoed mine is, um, you know, in, in the New Testament, James says that true, true religion undefiled is serving widows and orphans. Right. So the point there not to focus on the widows and the orphans, but to, ser to focus the on the servants. Right. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Um, and I think that um, all the, the <clears throat> what do you want to call it? perversion of religion that we've seen that he was talking about where things they go out and, and do the opposite of that mm -hmm. is, is is where we've gone astray right so I mean, you know, the early the early Christian church was very very simple right um, and then, you know, early, I'm sure that you know, the early Muslims were very simple yeah. in the way that they were uh, reaching out to people around them mm -hmm. you know so it's not a it's not a complicated thing. No. Mm -hmm. It really comes back to some very basic love, serve, remember. Yes, if we are all God, yeah. then serving each other is serving God. Right. And how how much simpler could it get? Right, yeah. David and then Robert. Well, I always go back to my one favorite line of uh, Mahatma Gandhi speaking be the change that you wish to see because mm -hmm. if you only change yourself you haven't done nothing for the world yeah. I mean you have that way but service is where right yeah where it's, it manifests. it's like don't stop there self change is all well and good it's fine it's you know we all do that yeah. but then as he said don't stop there yeah. Yeah, don't want to get stuck at snorting on the incense and just easing into the powder kind. I ask more about that incense. Robert, well, what I can say after that. <laughs> about religion is actually synergy. Uh-huh. And mm -hmm. then so if you're if you're operating as a, as uh, an individual that's somewhat attuned, mm -hmm. then uh, but it's what you're attuned to. You can be the resonance can be something that's pretty base or or, or, or etheric and that's a choice, right? Right. And so if you're within a group within that and then you have the momentum of that as the group, then the group has the same resonance. Right. And with that then there's the energy to create a wave of sorts, you know, mm -hmm. that's what they're going to put. And then, and with that, then there's the effect is a ripple of, of like a, a pond in a, or a stone into a pond, and it, and it projects out and creates even more effect. 
Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so you choose what that ripple's going to look like, yeah. as you said. By whatever you put your attention on. You can right. put on any, you can put a, the group can have resonance on anything, right? Right. It's just yeah. a matter of that, if choosing highly, <coughs> you know, the right road or the right. best way or something. All right. Thank you. Mm. Bob. Well, he said people are happy in faith and religion. I'd like to add people are happy in interfaith religion. <laughs> yes, they are. system, whatever it is, is grounded in love and service, then what more do you need, right? right. Exactly. It doesn't matter what you call it or what the tenets are that you practice or follow the practices that you follow. If your motivation and your intentionality is set in love and service, I mean that that's it, right? I, I think, um, in general, it provides a sense of community mm -hmm. to be um, connected in that <coughs> way. I think a lot of people at the moment are lost, and yes. they're acting out. They don't have any sense of structure, any sense of morality, because they don't belong to any anything that's, that's providing them with a sense of comfort and a sense right. of uh, community. So, yeah, support, yeah. comfort, support. support. Yeah. Structure. They're so busy. Oh, sorry. They're oh, so busy okay. thinking about the me that they don't think about the we. Okay. Mm -hmm. So busy thinking about me that we don't think about we. You know, we have a lot of negative things. Some people, I hear a lot of stuff that's kind of negative about organization and about structure. But let me tell you that something even as simple as our community here can't exist without organization mm -hmm. and structure. Mm -hmm. It can't. There's nobody to, you know, create the space. There's nobody to make the coffee. There's nobody to bring the food. There's nobody to coordinate all of that. Or to pay for the lease on the space. Or to pay for the lease on the space. Or to have a conversation. Or to even have a conversation. All we don't need is the dogma. Right. Yes. <laughs> so we don't need the dogma, which is really man-made rules that try to get people to do certain things in certain ways. And so we've kind of put all that aside here. do it our way. We honor everyone's beliefs, personal beliefs and path, as long as it's seeking to be grounded in love and service and spirit honoring the divine and in all beings, you know, trying to be the very best human being we can be, those things which we're all doing here. And aside from that, nothing else really matters. We can be an interfaith group. We all here have different, you know, even two people that might say I'm Christian have very different ways of defining that and seeing that. 
So what I've been telling people at the farmer's market is I give out our seed packets, which have our Come As You Are cards tucked secretly inside. This is marketing. This is marketing. That's right. We're planting all kinds of seeds. It is. And we've talked to a lot of people who seem to be looking for community. I think it's going to turn out to be a really positive thing for us being there. And there are a lot of people that feel a lack of community out there, that feel a lack of connection. I feel like there's a desire for a community that's healthy. You're talking about people looking for community, mm -hmm. but that community that's uplifting and is, is thinking about right. more than just ourselves. Right. As opposed to the tribalism that seems to be happening in a lot of the community that's going right. on now. Yeah, right. It's very much a us and them, and us mm -hmm. and them kind of thing, as opposed to a what can we give. Mm -hmm. It's like what we need. Right. Very guarded. Yeah. yeah, and on the negative side, I think one of the really big problems <coughs> is that so much of what we see as religion is, is self perpetuating. Right. So that yeah. it, it, mm -hmm. it exists so that it can exist mm -hmm. versus yes. existing to serve others and to. Right. Narcissist. Narcissistic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Luke. After listening to the uh, podcast and what you're saying and everything, I see religion as part of the evolutionary <coughs> process spiritually and the direction, the outcome of that journey, however it manifests individually and corporately, is spirituality. And spirituality is paradoxical in the sense that it's universal, but it's individualized too. It is. And so that's what, and, and I really admire and respect as I'm listening to the dialogue here in the space that you and Chris and everybody have created. I really see this community as prescient, you know, that you're very present and mm -hmm. you're very much on uh, the, on point, and I really honor and respect your personal journey, being a little bit familiar with that to create this. So, you know, love you. Thank you. Love you too. I kind of, um, like in my personal life, I'm not going through the best time right now, but um, I always say that, you know, God breaks me down so he can build me up, build mm -hmm. me up and that's what I feel is happening. And I think that kind of as organized religion has progressed, it's kind of falling apart, and maybe it's just falling apart so it can be built up into the one church that's better. Right. Amen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. I found that what uh, what he was saying very much echoes what Sister Joan was saying in the quote that you that you read. Um, she didn't use the word narcissism, but it kind of boiled down to the same thing. But I, I found myself, you know, I, I knew the Latin meaning of, of religio, mm -hmm. but I always felt like it, it, it was what the practices that bind me to my faith path, to bind me to God. But if I don't bring that back to the community, I liked what he said about it binds people together right. as community. Yeah. And so if I don't bring that element to it, it is narcissism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, and and that's I, I like to try to help people stretch their definitions of things because we can say, you know, religion is one step along the evolution, but then that almost means like it's something we have to leave behind as we evolve. And I don't believe that's what he was saying. I think he was, 
saying that a religion is something that binds us to other humans, to community, and, and I believe it also binds us to our own spiritual path, and that our, spiritual, our spirituality as, as a thing as, is, is just something that we are. I mean, we're spiritual beings having this continuous human experience. And so our spirituality is our getting in touch with our own spiritual nature. And for me, my religious path is that which binds me to that spirituality, to that self-knowingness, and to my spiritual community. And so, you know, just working with stretching or rediscovering definitions of words sometimes can be really empowering, I think. So anything else that came up for you that needs to be spoken in that podcast segment? I wrote stuff down, but I didn't bring my glasses, so I don't know what I wrote. Would <laughs> 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 you like me to read it? Getting back to Anybody what Chris was watch? talking about, Here. the word religio. Sorry. Okay. No, no, go ahead. No, go no, ahead, no, and no. then she'll see if she can figure it out. <laughs> uh, the whole religio thing is, it reminded me of in the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus was saying that, or actually it wasn't Sermon on the Mount, but anyway, to, he was responding to somebody who asked him what the greatest commandment was. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and the other is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself, meaning that they're equal. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, uh, in other words, loving God means loving your neighbor. Yes. So, so that binding together is, is not just binding to God, it's binding to those around us. So right. Thank you. That's a really nice uh, way of stating that. Okay. And then I liked what he was saying about bumping up against, it's crucial to bump up against religion. Uh-huh. Because in doing that, we kind of can shake the tree right. and kind of make the leaves fall mm-hmm. so they can all be gathered together as mm-hmm. one again. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's all about gathering as one. Right. All right. Thank you. I'm glad you were able to read that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for me, a question came to mind of what service truly is. Uh-huh. And I definitely feel in my sense that I that I'm always efforting to be present and make space in my awareness mm-hmm. constantly for not just what... I'm doing or I'm being but also what's going on around me uh-huh but I don't know I don't know where the line is drawn I mean is it just the way we're doing things or is it more than that is there something you know we have to put on the schedule that we have to add that we have to mm-hmm. go that extra you know that extra thing right to call it service so what do y'all think what is service David well I'm wasn't going to answer that, but... Oh, well, let's hang on then to your thought, because I'd like to... What occurred to me was that pouring your life into your children is is the ultimate act of service. Okay. Mm -hmm. Pouring your life into your children is the ultimate act of service. That's what I was taught, was that first, you make sure you're good, Mm -hmm. you're healthy, and you're healed up, right? And then your closest inner circle, Uh so your children, your family... And then maybe extended family after that. You check on the elders in your family and make sure they're okay. Do they need anything? Mm-hmm. And then you can go from there. And you don't burn yourself out because right. if you can't pour from an empty cup. Right. So as long as you're good, mm-hmm. you, you go from there. But I think, like, 
adding and adding and adding too much stuff can burn you out, as right. Diana would say herself. Yes. You can get burned out. And if you're burned out, then it's kind of like empty. Right. There's not that connection anymore. So yeah. it's finding that balance. Mm -hmm. um, but I really, I just <coughs> took notes basically, and I really, things that really like poked me uh -huh. was um, stop being a spiritual consumer to quell your anxiety. Mm. Woo, that got me. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, I heard that one. And then um, use your spiritual practice to share that peace in the world. Mm. So sometimes it's just sharing your peace. <coughs> right. So. Yeah. Being a peaceful presence that walks into a space yeah. and carrying that peace. Okay, then I said Cheryl and then Lucinda. Oh, wait a minute. <coughs> Hang on. David, then Cheryl, then Lucinda. <laughs> uh, juggling. Well, I, I was just thinking back to a book I read uh, that um, uh, Ram Dass wrote, and it was titled, How, How Can I Help? Right. And that was his whole path of service uh -huh. to, uh, to, to awaken. Right. So listening for what's ours to do in service in the world. Thank you. Cheryl. If someone is in a hospice or health, have health issues or bedridden, I, we can be a servant that go in there to read to them, mm -hmm. um, to keep their mind going, to puzzle with them, or just to be with them. That's another kind of service. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good. Thank you. Well, what occurs to me is that it's also just maintaining an awareness, listening to things that come up with it, because you can hear this and all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, I didn't think about that. And also just looking, watching, being aware of your surroundings, mm -hmm. because little tiny opportunities mm -hmm. to be of service come up all the time. Mm -hmm. All the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if I do it's that with, a, with a, a heart that's in service, it does as much for me or more than it does for the person that helped. Right. I guarantee there's some dishes in a little while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm welcome to anyone who wants to help me. <laughs> yes. Help is always welcome at the end of a Sunday. This was an adjustment that we made, though, becoming Mystic Heart. So I have some prayer practitioners who stepped into this journey with me. And in our past experience, prayer practitioners had a particular function, which was to get up to open in prayer, to close in prayer, and to pray with people after the service. And we offer all of that, but we also <coughs> have the prayer practitioner on duty in charge of making sure that all the lunch dishes get done. This was a shift for our prayer practitioners. There was a little bit of wiggling at first about yeah. that. <laughs> and it's like, you know, how do we, we had to have a conversation, and I have to say that you weren't even so much the big wiggler, but um, <laughs> we, we had to have a conversation about what does it mean to be in service, you know, and I'm here at the sink with you too, and I'm actually here till y'all are gone, and going back around, so, and that's all fine, that's part of my service, but it's how we hold what we're doing. <clears throat> It's the energy we bring into what we're doing and how we hold that. There's a... Oh, I'm sorry. Go. Go, okay. and then... Go. All right. Uh, trying to keep in mind at all times, how can I help? How can I help? How can I help? Good question, always. Andrew. Bouncing off of what you were saying, there's a subtle sort of narcissism that can creep into our service as well. Like, 
I do this service, but mm -hmm. I'm above doing that. Right. And that's something we really need to check. Yes. Yeah. I can be in service and pray for you because <laughs> I'm trained as a prayer practitioner. But please don't ask me to do your dishes. And then in relation to what you were right, saying, yeah. it's like um, you were saying like do we add something onto the calendar, if you think of it more as like a dough and you're just adding another ingredient as you work through it, it just all becomes part of you instead of just being something you just added on, it becomes part of you. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Yes. All right. Now I know we don't really watch the clock except that at some point I have to say, all right, we're probably going to need to wrap up. This has been a great, great conversation. Great conversation. Thank you for your willingness to be here and to, to be poked by things. <laughs> to listen to something that doesn't feel so good and comfortable sometimes and, and really delve deeply within yourselves and to have this discussion with other people. I think this is the healthy kind of dialogue that is called for in our world right now. Yeah. And if all people could just agree, as I tell people at the market, what we do is we're people of all kinds of belief systems and we come together and we play well in the sandbox together. That's what we do, okay? And they, they laugh and they go, that's cool. That's really, really cool. So I think the more we can do this kind of thing in every area of our lives, finding people who are open to open discussion and to, to truly listening to other perspectives, not just holding my next thought until you're done talking so I can spit it out. Because I know we, I, you know, I can do that at times too. So being aware of that, I think this is a really healthy thing that we do here every week. And so I honor you for being here. Thank you, thank you. I'm going to close with a prayer. <clears throat> Speaking my word for myself, I know that as we are truly one life, that my words reach out and surround and fill and flow through your lives as well. There's only one thing going on here. That's spirit expressing itself spirit experiencing themselves in through and as all of all of their creation i am each one of us here is a perfectly imperfect intentional irreplaceable piece of that one source made in the image and likeness of the creator so each one of us is already creating a living work of art by means of our lives. As each of us acknowledges the act of creation that is forever at work, we commit to bringing more and more conscious awareness into the process. As one creative expression of spirit, I engage daily with my God in prayer, meditation, in study, in service, in celebration, grateful for my growing ability to hear and to follow guidance. I know that the purpose for my growth and for my life is to share my gifts, making the world a more beautiful place.
this is my walk. This is my journey. The only path with any meaning in my life. I'm so grateful to have people of like heart and mind to share this journey. I give thanks for each one. And I honor each one of you. I give thanks for each one and know that our collective practice here bears fruit in every one of our lives and in the world as a whole. So in this sacred moment, from a place of deep gratitude and faith, I release my word trusting that it has already begun moving into form and experience in each one of our lives. And so as I just let it be, so is it done. And so it is. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Satu. Satu. Ashe. Aho. My eyes are watering, and so now there's got salt in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't open my eyes. <laughs> Every Sunday we invite you to join in the celebration of the really good work that we're doing in the world by sharing of your financial good, should you choose to do that. Um, we have a really special video for you today. Um, but first, oh, there go the eyes. If you're at home, you can go to mysticheart.org and you'll find a donate button or our mailing address if you'd like to make a contribution from there. Um, whether you're home or with us here, I invite you to speak these words with us, this affirmation for our offering, knowing that we truly do um, appreciate every gift that comes our way. As I awaken to the God within me and all around me, I see abundance everywhere I look. I consciously step into that flow of abundance by this act of giving. I offer this gift freely in the spirit of love, blessing and sending it forth to heal and prosper. It is evidence of my deep faith. It does good work in the world and blesses all of creation. I give from a consciousness of abundance. So it is. So here's someone who continues to make his life a living work of art. January 15, 2019, I had a dream that said, you're working on a piece called Seven Psalms. The dream was so strong that I got up and I wrote it down. But I had no idea what that meant. Gradually, information would come. I would start to wake up two or three times a week between 3.30 and 5 in the morning, and words would come. I'd write them down, then start to put it together. The Lord is my engineer. The Lord is the earth I ran on. The Lord is the face and the atmosphere. 
Let's just hear that. Okay, and here? I like to work and then discover. Oh, it's really interesting. I'm trying all the time to move things in this kind of flow way that puts you in a dream. And I think if you're willing to fall into a dream space, you're willing to let your judgment down. This is a journey for me to complete. This whole piece is really an argument I'm having with myself about belief or not. Yesterday's boy is gone Driving through darkness Searching for your forgiveness In sorrow, a beautiful song Lives in the heart and sings for all forgiveness. I feel like we could probably have an eye the last in the line uh, hoping the gates won't be closed before your forgiveness. There's something about just the loneliness of the one instrument. There's some little emptiness in there that, that can occur. Let's play it. That's pretty and see what that does. I was just sitting right next to him, and he sang the whole thing, like right in my ear. It was very soft. And then I could hear it, the symbolism, how the limitation of your belief always tends to be tied to your conception of your mortality. A white light eases the pain. In the sense that you're part of a flow of a thing. Two billion heartbeats and It's a sunrise and it's a sunset. Or does it all? Again. The sacred heart that David played to make his songs of praise. We long to hear those strings that set his heart ablaze. Let me just see if I want this. The Lord is my engineer. Let me hear the guitars for a second. The Lord is my record producer. The Lord is the music I hear. Once more. Deep in the valley and the sea. The Lord is my engineer. The Lord is the train I ride on. The Lord is the coast. The coast is clear. People say, why is it that you always want to change your sound? And I'm not thinking that way at all. I'm looking for the edge of what you can hear. I can just about hear it, but I can't quite. That's the thing I want. How do you get there? You know, it's a, it's a travel because it's, it's way on the horizon. And sometimes you find it to make something that has magic.
on the edge of what you can hear. That's where we ought to be working our practice, right? Right out on the edge of what we think we can do, on the edge of what we think we can know, on the edge of what we think we can be. She poked me again. <laughs> I'll be quiet now. Taking this moment to stand in deep gratitude for the work that we do here and the support that we receive to be doing that work. Deep gratitude for the community and for my family that I get to spend all this time with. Deep gratitude for the food coming. And so in deep gratitude, I say thank you, Father, Mother, God. And so it is. Amen. So is there anybody in this space? Oh, Chris left the room. No, another Chris. We, you know, we have like seven Chrises here. But um, anyone else that has a birthday this month? Yeah, go get her, because we didn't sing at the last one, because we kind of saved that for the now. Anybody else with a May birthday? We have a birthday cake over there. <sighs> Who doesn't like cake? We'll sing as soon as Chris gets back. Okay, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Chris. Happy birthday to you. We love you. And after our closing song, we do invite you to stay. We had chili cook-off for our theme today, so we have three varieties of chili and a couple of salads, and I don't even know what else has shown up over there. Oh, homemade mulberry jam. Yay. All righty, so here we go. Look who joined us. <laughs> All together, hand in hand, we see the light, we take a stand, and we are changing. A whole new life for you and me, take a pass and set it free and share this.